God declares this morning. For the love of Christ controls us, for we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, y'all ready for this? From now on, therefore... We regard no one according to the flesh, even though we were once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Praise God. You are new in Christ. But listen, there are some of you who walked in this morning who are not new. The Bible says that you are walking in the deadness of your trespasses and sins. Well, I've got a word for you as well. It says this. All of this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, praise God, and entrusting us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. And here's what we appeal to you this morning if you've come in apart from Christ. We implore you on behalf of of Christ be reconciled to God for our sake God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God amen, amen. and that is the appeal to every person today under the sound of my voice if you've never turned from sin and trusted in Christ today is the day of salvation and if you are in Christ, guess what? You've got a lot to celebrate. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give God a hand clap. Grab your seat if you would. Grab your seat and grab your copy of God's Word and go with me to Nehemiah chapter 12. Nehemiah chapter 12. You know, it was 1982. 1982 when one of the most iconic party songs of our generation was written it starts out with these words I was dreaming when I wrote this forgive me if it goes astray but when I woke up this morning could have sworn it was judgment day the chorus contains these words say say 2000 zero, zero party over oops out of time so tonight I'm gonna party like it's what? 1999, right? It's hard to believe Prince released that in 1982. Some of you young folks are going, I have no idea what song he's talking about. Well, now look, hey, this morning, I'm not taking us back. I'm not encouraging you to party like it was 1999 because I was there and it wasn't that good. All right? <laughs> Instead, I want to go back a little further than that. Actually, I want to go back a lot further. Today we're going to party like it's 445, <laughs> all right, 445 B.C., all right? That's the year that Nehemiah came to Jerusalem. He finished the wall and all of its gates. He led the people amazingly to do all of that in 52 days. And when they were done, guess what they did? They threw a huge party, y'all, a huge party right there in 445. 45 B.C. Turn to Nehemiah 12 with me. Look at verse 27 
down through 43. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but just those verses, Nehemiah 12, 27 through 43. Let's check out this party. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, and with singing, with cymbals, harps, and lyres, and the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages of the Netophalites, no, Netophalites, <laughs> and also Beth Gilgal, and from the region of Geba, and Asmaveth. For the singers had built for themselves villages around Jerusalem, and the priests and the Levites purified themselves, and they purified the people, and the gates, and the wall. Then I, that's Nehemiah, brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall and appointed two great choirs that gave thanks. One went to the south on the wall to the dung gate, and after them went Hoshiah and half of the leaders of Judah, and Azariah, Ezra, Meshalem, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah, and uh, certain of the priests' sons with trumpets, Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, son of Shemaiah, son of Mathaniah, son of Micaiah, son of Zachar, son of Asaph and his relatives, Shemaiah, Azarel, Milalai, Gilalai, Maai, Nathaniel, uh, uh, Nathaniel uh, Judah, and Hanani with the musical instruments of David, the men of God, or the man of God. And Ezra the scribe went before them. At the fountain gate, they went up straight before them by the stairs of the city of David and at the ascent of the wall above the house of David to the water gate on the east. The other choir of those who gave thanks went to the north. And I followed them with half the people on the wall above the tower of the ovens to the broad wall and above the gate of Ephraim to the gate of Yashana and by the fish gate and the tower of Hananel and the tower of, of the hundred to the sheep gate and they came to a halt at the gate of the guard so both choirs of those who gave thanks stood in the house of God and I and half of the officials with me and the priests Eliakim, Maasiah, Menamin, Micaiah, Eloani, Zechariah and Hananiah with trumpets and Maasiah, Shemaiah, Eleazar, Uzi, Jehohan, Malchijah, Elam, and Ezer, and the singers sang with Jezrehiah as their leader, and they offered great sacrifices that day. Here it is, and rejoiced, for God made them rejoice with great joy. The women and children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far thus ends the reading of God's word this morning beloved I want to suggest to you this morning that the fact that they threw a huge party should not be overlooked now for some of you you've, you're already offended this morning because I used the word party because you can't imagine a holy party you can't imagine Christians who are joyous and exuberant in the Lord without some drunkenness or some kind of junk, right? You can't imagine that because maybe you're a little, tend to be a little more, you think Christians should be a little more sour, a little more sober, a little more somber, right? You know, whatever it may be. But beloved, listen to me, I'm telling you right now, Christians don't party enough. You know what I'm saying? Christians don't party enough. Look, this fact is not just some ancillary detail of the story. 
I believe it's an important part. It wasn't just random or spontaneous. You can clearly tell that. It wasn't spontaneous. This didn't just happen. It wasn't incidental. No, it was designed. And it was part of Nehemiah's plan of restoration. And I commend it to you this morning. As part of a biblical process of restoration that we've been building throughout this series. Now, over the course of this series so far, we have found that restoration begins with a burden continues with a willingness to act requires a plan happens when you get to work demands you stand against opposition coincides with the reformation of man and then today we see this morning that restoration culminates with celebration restoration culminates with celebration in fact that's today's truth this morning restoration culminates with celebration that's the next step in a biblical process of restoration as we walk our way through nehemiah one more message next week have you ever considered why we celebrate things have you ever really thought about it? no you just jump in you just enjoy it right you just you, you love to celebrate but there's a reason we do it there's a reason that we celebrate things and particularly this morning i want to just point out to you four reasons a biblical process of restoration should culminate with celebration first is because the joy of the lord is our strength amen listen that truth comes straight from nehemiah we ran across this verse last week if you remember as nehemiah had ezra the the, the priest read the law the people began to weep, they began to grieve because they were heartbroken over the fact that they had disregarded God's law for so long and that they had sinned. But Nehemiah and, and Ezra and the other leaders, they jumped in, they said, no, 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 don't do that. Nehemiah 8, 9 and 10 said it this way. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, I believe that's, that's Nehemiah here, Go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you've ever been through a season of grief, you know that there is no strength in grieving. There is no strength in weeping. Now, of course, there is an appropriate time for that, for both of those things, an appropriate time to grieve and to weep. But grieving and weeping does not give us strength. No, it presses us down. It pushes us toward hopelessness. It pushes us toward despair, right? We're so overwhelmed by whatever it is. All we can see is that which brings condemnation or that which brings heartache. And so it zaps strength but in celebration there is strength it invigorates you right it gives you hope when we celebrate God designed our bodies to release a, a ton of chemicals I'm not going to sit up here and try to pretend like I know all the chemicals but there's a ton several of those chemicals that flood your body when 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 it begins to when you begin to celebrate it and it takes us to a to a better place to a to a higher level so to speak that's why after something great happens, you find it hard to go to sleep. 
I mean, if you're a Mississippi State fan, did, were you able to go to sleep last night? My goodness. What a game, right? Three weeks ago, I went to the West Lauderdale game. I don't even have a kid playing football there right now. Against McGee, man, and we got that big win, scored almost 60 points. I went home, and Christy said, I'm going to bed. And I said, I ain't. I can't. It was 1 o'clock. Before, I, I mean, I didn't even play in the game. I was just there in the stands. It was 1 o'clock before I could go to sleep. I was too pumped. It's probably a good thing I didn't go to, to Clarkdale and, and then the, to, to Neshoba Central games. It's probably a good thing I, I would have never have went to sleep, right? Beloved, there is strength in celebration. There is strength and joy itself. That's one of the reasons the Bible says that we are to sing unto the Lord. Right, that celebration and that joy, it lifts our spirit, it brightens our eyes, it gives us the energy to do whatever it is that God has called us to do. And so when you are working the pathway of restoration, you have to find ways to celebrate all throughout that. Not just that, don't wait till the end. Celebrate, find ways to celebrate. Celebrate even the small victories along the way because it makes a difference. It'll give you strength to continue forward in what is often very difficult work. I mean, if you are in a season right now of restoration of something, whether it be the, the city or community or your home or wherever it is, you know that it's difficult work. You gotta have a lot of conversations. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta um, uh, put out your point of view and, and others put out their point of view and there's that dialogue that happens and, and you work and you work and you work and it gives us strength, celebration does to carry us forward into this new reality of restoration. Look, restoration ain't for sissies. <laughs> In the midst of it, the joy of the Lord, though, will be your strength. And when you reach the completion of your restoration process, man, that's when you really throw a party like they did. I mean, they went all out. They went all out. And, 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 and that's what's going to carry you forward. In fact, think about this for a moment. Don't miss this in the text. Celebrating is one of God's graces to us. Celebrating is one of God's graces to us. Don't miss verse 43. Look at 43 with me. Nehemiah 12, verse 43. The Bible says, And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced. And here, listen to this. For God had made them rejoice with great joy, and the women and children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. So what that tells me, y'all, is this was not just some man-wrought celebration. This was a Holy Spirit-fueled, God-wrought celebration. That's why I believe it's called the joy of the Lord. That's why it says the joy of the Lord, which is joy from the Lord. It's fueling this celebration. God not only loves when we celebrate that which is worthy of celebration, but He also supplies, He, he fuels that celebration in us. So restoration culminates in celebration because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Second this morning, a, a, a biblical process of restoration should culminate with celebration because God and his accomplishments are worthy of celebration. 
God and his accomplishments are worthy of celebration. And so as you work through this process of restoration, beloved, you're going you're to find a multitude of reasons to celebrate. But never forget the ultimate reason, amen? Never forget that ultimate reason, and that ultimate reason is God. And Nehemiah, he didn't forget that. The thing about it is he set up these choirs. He didn't set up these choirs to sing to each other. This wasn't antiphonal singing, looking at each other, going, oh, 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 right? I mean, they were praising God and singing to God. He didn't set them up there with a band and cymbals and lyres and harps and trumpets just to create a mood, man. No, no, he was up there praising God. And guess what, church? He's worthy. He's worthy of celebration. Listen, God himself himself is worthy of celebration even if he never did a thing he himself is worthy of celebration and when we focus in on who god is listen there is unceasing reason to celebrate god's greatness is incomparable therefore when we focus in on him that there is incomparable joy nothing compares to the party that you have in worshiping god Nothing compares to it on this earth. It leads to exuberance. It leads to enthusiasm, right? In this instance here with Nehemiah, God has shown many aspects of his manifold greatness. But in particular, as I look at this passage, the part of God, who God is that stands out to me the most, is that he showed his faithfulness. Amen? Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not my thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been now, forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Have y'all heard this before? Right? Great is thy faithfulness. Sing it if you know it. Morning by morning. New mercies I see, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. That's what was displayed right here. Right here, who God is, he's a faithful God who never breaks a promise. He always does what he says he'll do. That's who God is. That's his nature. He's faithful and worthy of celebration. Beloved, I wonder this morning, has God shown you that he is faithful? Just think of for a moment the most recent way that God has shown you that he is faithful. Celebrate him. Find time to celebrate him. He himself is worthy of that celebration. But take who God is and then add to it what God has done. And then our celebration rises even further, right? He acted so kindly to them here in Jerusalem. He brought them back from exile. He rebuilt the demolished temple. He restored the broken city of Jerusalem. He removed their shame, protected them from the enemies. He provided all that they needed. And he'd given them victory in this rebuilding project. And in all of these aspects, God was so kind 
to them and we could go on and on with all the ways that God is great and how he's kind but undoubtedly y'all in your case of restoration whatever it is there's going to be brokenness all around you that's going to be turned around and restored and you're going to see the goodness of God all throughout that process especially at the end of it right I mean it's like the before and after picture the before and after picture is so stark now if you were just looking at day by day it, it doesn't look that stark it's like it's like uh, if, if you, when you look at your child every day he, your child changes and he, he or she grows every day but if you go back and look at their first picture their, their first day of school picture from 2022 and then you pull up their first day school picture from 2023 you go oh my goodness they've grown up so much and it's the same way here when you get to the end of it and you look back you're going to say my goodness God has done amazing things and the only right response is to celebrate him and what he's done and, and yes that means that you're going to have to celebrate people that God has used right we're not just saying just hey people don't matter just just as long as you as long as you praise God no no there are people to think there are going to be people along the way they're going to work hard alongside you maybe it's your spouse maybe it's your co-worker maybe it's that community partner well, whoever it is and you're going to be you're going to have to be sure to say thank you for what you did but you know that you're saying and maybe you should even say it this way thank you for letting God work through you it's right and good to celebrate people as long as you remember that they were tools in God's hands and while you're thankful for them look you couldn't have done it without God He's worthy of celebration. Well, third this morning, a biblical process of restoration should culminate with celebration because celebration solidifies the restoration. Celebration solidifies the restoration. Now, this celebration, as I said, ultimately it was aimed to the Lord. It was for the Lord. But I think there were two other audiences here as well that the Lord intended and, and, and that Nehemiah intended as the leader of the people here first it was for the Jewish people there and around Jerusalem through this celebration Nehemiah he was essentially he was essentially solidifying in their minds this project is over the restoration is complete right I mean think about to accomplish what they accomplished in just 52 days think about how hard he had to work I mean, the Bible tells us that he worked them around the clock. He worked them so much that he didn't even take his own clothes off to go to bed. He just would lay down for a minute and get back up. They worked so hard that the Bible says that they had to keep a sword in their right hand and work with their left hand. That's how much they got after it. And so it was a, it was a mad dash to the end of this thing. And when the work was over, it was a fitting capstone to that work to throw a party it was time to celebrate man our work is done it's done you know it doesn't matter what you're building or creating there's joy in a finished product right whether it's that quilt that you're quilting or that car that you're restoring or that project or presentation that you're working on there is joy in that completed project you know over the course of the last few months we've 
been in a process of building at my house. We've been working on a shed, about 16 by 14, with a loft and all those things. And we had, uh, we had help from lots of people along the way. My dad, Joe Green, John Voss, Ricky McKay, Dan McClure. And about a month ago, I finally, along with the help of my family, we got together and we put the trim on it and the final coat of paint, and it's officially finished. Check that out. I, I love it. I love that. <laughs> right? It's sitting straight as you come in my driveway there at the curve that goes up to the house. I mean, it's sitting there all pretty, not junked up yet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't junked up yet, okay? And for the first few days after it was complete, do you know what I did every time I drove up that driveway or every time I looked out my bathroom window down that way? I celebrated. Sometimes outwardly, but most of the time inwardly. Right? Sometimes it's just those small celebrations. <laughs> yes! I celebrated not only that I had a building, but that it was complete. So celebration solidifies the restoration. Christy said, is this thing done? I said, yes. She said, good! <laughs> I'm glad it's done! But that's a fitting way to say that this is done, right? You celebrate by doing that. And that's what Nehemiah's doing, y'all. Y'all have worked so hard. The project is done. Let's move on. But on top of solidifying the work that was complete, I, I believe the Lord here, I believe he had a greater intention with these Jewish people here. Look again at verse 43. Verse 43, I think, is an important important passage I've already come to it once let's go back to it again Nehemiah 12 43 and they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced for God had made them rejoice with great joy the women and children also rejoiced and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away now when it says that God made them to rejoice that doesn't mean that God said y'all rejoice or else no no he just welled up and poured onto them the Holy Spirit right they had no idea necessarily that it was the Lord they just knew that they were glad and that they were exuberant and they were rejoicing and celebrating and, and partying in the name of the Lord but why here's the question why did the Lord do that and here's what I believe I believe the Lord did that because he was solidifying the restoration here's what I mean by that as you well know, our brains are built in such a way that both positive and negative things kind of imprint on our brains. Uh, even the, 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 the experts tell us that neurological pathways are created new and afresh when you experience good and bad things. They literally become part of who your body is. And I believe in this instance here, the Lord was wanting to give them an experience that they would never forget. He was giving them an experience that would become a part of them, that would change the, the pathways of their body even. I believe that God wanted them to have such an experience that they would never forget it so that when they got to that place of temptation and thought about turning back away from the restoration, that they would remember the goodness of that moment. Right, God filled them up with such an, an exuberant experience that He wanted them when, when they were tempted to turn back and to go to those old ways and those wicked ways that they would remember how great it is to be with God and they would never want to turn away beloved have you ever been in a moment of worship and you said we could just do this all night 
it's so good it's so fresh it's, it's kind of like on the mount of transfiguration when peter said why don't we just build some tents and just stay here lord that's what it's like when god gives you that exuberance and he pours that out into you that celebratory spirit so to speak right he is imprinting in your mind how good the lord is so that you never want to turn away but you know what the jewish people weren't the only audience here they weren't the only audience I, I i think it's hilarious because when you think about some of the things that that the enemies of the people of the jews here had said remember sandbound oh they think they're gonna do that in a day well they did it in 52 that's pretty good and remember old uh old tobiah if a fox were to jump on that wall it'd fall down here he is marching choirs on top of the wall the bible says I mean, he just, he just put it in their face. <laughs> it's like, look what God did. So I believe this celebration was aimed at Sanballat and the Samaritans and Tobiah and the Ammonites and Geshem and the Arabs and the Ashdodites and all of those others who had worked against the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Nehemiah was basically declaring, we won. <laughs> you lost. It was essentially Nehemiah taking that football and spiking the football right in their face a little bit of holy nana nana boo boo right and in the same way y'all think about this it's solidifying that restoration and you and I you and I we need to celebrate to help solidify that restoration it, it, it not only signals the work is done right it not only imprints in our mind in such a way that we never want to go back to the old broken way but it also tells those who stood against us that they were powerless to stop us because he who has God on his side or maybe we should say it the other way he who is on the side of God always wins God's given you the victory y'all when you get to that moment in your restoration process where you have won where that thing whatever it is has been restored y'all it's time to celebrate celebrate like crazy finally this morning and i'll be brief on this one a biblical process of restoration should culminate with celebration because what gets celebrated gets replicated what gets celebrated gets replicated now this is for good and for bad right i mean you see this in society right now whatever gets people the likes and the clicks and all of those things those are rewards and those rewards go both good and bad right we know a lot of folks right now who are swept away and a lot of stuff because the society says man that's awesome keep doing that keep doing that so it goes bad as well but know this we as human beings are people who respond to the reward stimulus right we want to be praised we want to experience that thing which is applauded and so we just got to find ways to applaud the things that are if there's something that you want to see replicated, hey, this goes as simple as that, as that quote-unquote restoration process that you're having with your child right now. You want to change this behavior to that behavior, right? There's two camps. Whoop the fire out of them. That's one camp. How's that working out? <laughs> Hands worn out, paddles broken, belts lost, the kid hid it somewhere. I don't know where it is, right? <laughs> or you reward when they do right. And what you begin to see is that which gets celebrated is replicated, all right? 
that which gets celebrated gets replicated and i believe that's what's happening here in one sense right i mean this is gonna this is just the beginning i mean this is this is nehemiah there's there's more to come okay as they get into the city and do all of these things but what nehemiah is doing here is he is beginning to 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 reward and to celebrate that which is valuable to this new reality god is first and foremost in the worship of god and treating, as we said a couple of weeks ago, treating your, your brothers and sisters with love and respect and all those things, right? These are the things that are getting celebrated because Nehemiah wants these things to continue. And just keep that in mind in your restoration process. Day in and day out, that which gets celebrated gets replicated, okay? So, beloved, restoration culminates with celebration. So I'm just going to encourage y'all, party like it's 445, all right? Here's my final prayer. May we celebrate every victory God gives us on the road to restoration. Let's pray together.